This is Biz. I'm a stay-at-home mom with a baby boy and a daughter who's a full-blown kid. And I'm Teresa, a part-time working mom with two little boys. This is a show about life after giving life. Don't listen with your kids, because there will be swears. This is One Bad Mother. This week on a very special episode of One Bad Mother, it's the Max Fun Pledge Drive. So to celebrate, we finally go there and talk about in-laws. Oh my. And before we put our foot too far in our mouths, we get insight into many of the issues created by joining families with Dr. Ruth Nemzoff, author of Don't Roll Your Eyes, Making In-Laws Into Family. Did I ever have a Max Fun Pledge special woo intro? I don't think so. Well, woo, 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 woo. That's, that's you that. seem like you're about to do a cheer, like a high school cheer. Do on I? Like a football field. Am I getting? Am I getting into position? Yeah, I think so. All right, Katie Bell wants to take cheerleading classes oh, this good. summer, so we're going to Alabama to take some <laughs> cheer classes. Uh, anyway, how are you, Teresa? Um, I'm pretty good. Uh, my dog is recuperating from surgery at home. It's really sad. I'm so sorry. She's on like five different medications <laughs> that all happen on like different schedules. Nice. Yes. It's amazing. That is amazing. Um, yeah. And I, so I'm tired. Like, I'm just tired. There's a lot going on. <laughs> I'm really tired. But I'm, I'm really happy to be here, though. Yeah. I, I was saying before the show, I, too. Mm-hmm. I, too, am a little tired. Mm-hmm. We've had... Ellis has been sick. Katie mm-hmm. Bell has had medicine she's had to take. We'll save that for the fail, everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, Onion, the one-eyed cat, had to have five teeth pulled, so oh. he had a variety of medicines that had to be Poor you know take. So again, we, we too had a variety of like medicine scheduling yeah. things happening, and like, and I'm I'm a little sick. You know what is impressive? <laughs> it's impressive that like we this should be like an added genius for both of us that yeah. we didn't accidentally give yes. pet medicine. Yeah. To a child, or, or vice, vice versa. versa. I agree. I fully agree. As there, far as we know, as far as we know, there were moments where I was like, "What is happening in this house? Who is supposed to get what food right now, and what medicine right now, and what syringe am I using for the cat food? I mean, for the cat medicine versus the yeah. human medicine. Yeah. Is any of this medicine suitable for me to take and like make me feel better? Maybe I'll just take like a little bit of each yeah. thing as I <laughs> administer it to others. Mommy's little helper just got her a trip to the ER. Uh, yeah, so it's been a little intense. I too am like, I'm so happy to be here. I, by the way, my sit okay, so my sitter's been gone for two weeks to like this wedding, vacation, whatever, mm-hmm. which she fully deserves to go on, and I'm very happy that she is there. You sound happy. I spent all this time trying to find a new sitter to be there for these like random times yeah. where I need sitters. Yeah. Uh, and you know, it's which is always very stressful because Ellis. Not a fan of other people. Mm -hmm. So, like, I know we're just back into, like, screaming every time I leave. Mm -hmm. Like, whatever. Uh, It's been very stressful lining all this stuff up. But it's gone really well. This is the last day that I need a sitter. And boom, if my sitter doesn't cancel, like, on Saturday. And I'm like, so I've been scrambling trying to find a sitter. Do I find one? No. So, Stefan is taking off work. He's home. taking. Well, he's working from home. But, like, while Ellis Mm -hmm. sleeps, but he's home. So, it's, like, a a very stressful, intense. And I was like... Fuck it, though. I need to be in this tiny hot booth mm-hmm. with Teresa yeah. sharing all of this with you guys. Yep. <laughs> You're welcome, guys. <laughs> and you know, Teresa, what makes this happen? Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like we could just be sitting in my, like, basement or something yeah. doing this. Totally. And the quality can be even 
worse. <laughs> no, no. I think our quality sounds amazing. Content sometimes is a little here or mm-hmm. there. But the quality. We're doing our best. The quality is really a result of being part of the Max Fun family. I'm so glad you brought that up. Well, <laughs> I, I realize that this is our, we're entering our third year mm-hmm. with One Bad Mother. Yeah. And I do think that at the beginning of our journey as One Bad Mothers, a lot of our listeners came from the Max Fun family yep. of podcast listeners. Yep. And, and they I, still do. And I they think. still do. Yeah. But I do think we've also gotten a lot of new listeners who just came from the mom side. Yeah. Who came from the spread the word side. Yeah. Who came they from knew the, a friend who listened yeah. or they were searching for a podcast for moms. That's right. And as a result, they have found the Max Fun family. Mm-hmm. But I thought maybe you could tell us a little bit, just in case yeah. people aren't aware of how this works. Tell us a little bit about what's going on. Yeah, I would love to. Um, so we, One Bad Mother is a member of the Maximum Fun family of podcasts. Um, we are a listener-supported network where the artists own the shows, and we work together to raise money once a year to support the shows year-round. Um, and it's kind of a unique thing. Yeah. Most other podcast networks out there are... Supported in other ways, you know, whether it's, you know, they do more advertising, they do more on the advertising side. Um, some some shows you pay to listen to. For Max Fun and for One Bad Mother, it's been important to us all along to give away our shows for free um, and make them available to anybody and everyone anywhere who wants to listen to the show. And then once a year, we do a pledge drive, the Max Fun Drive, um, where for two weeks we put out our best shows of the year. Um, and we come up with a whole pile of amazing thank you gifts, all to try to entice you guys, the listeners, to become members of Maximum Fun. And if you're already a member, to upgrade your membership level during the pledge drive and support what we do all year round with a small monthly donation. So this is the Max Fun Drive. And yeah, this is our first episode of the Max Fun Drive. We'll have one more next week that will be equally exciting and juicy. And we'll be doing more. fun things on Twitter and on Facebook, yep. getting us all excited about the Max Fun Drive. Yeah, and our goal is to raise uh, our goal is to get two thousand new or upgrading members during this drive. And and what I would love, mm-hmm. what I would love mm-hmm. is to show the rest of our Max Fun podcast family that one bad mother brings it yeah. to the table oh yeah that like when you go on and you donate and it asks what shows you listen to you just click that one bad mother as yeah. one of your favorite shows and then that lets everybody know that we are a valuable valid important arm appendage whatever <laughs> tired period hut we make this period hut worth it brother uh, and uh, it's that's a great way to show the support for the show yep. and for the network and it would just be awesome to be like 2000 listeners getting brought in by the one bad mother that would rock yeah that, that really that would be great let's all remember Biz has an ego to fill. And uh, And we need your help. And since it's probably safer for me to do it through something like a pledge drive than uh, making my children uber competitive, let's just do this to make it a safe environment in my home. Yeah, so let's do that. And later later on in the episode, we'll be telling you a little bit more about the different pledge levels and the different thank you gifts that we're offering this year. And in the meantime, as a special thank you to you... We have avoided a very special topic on this show. We've been putting this off. 
very long time. And just for you, to show you how special you are and how much we love you, we are willing to put ourselves at risk and tackle the topic of in-laws. Dun-dun-dun. Please take a moment to remember, if you're friends of the hosts of One Bad Mother, you should assume that when we talk about other moms, we're talking about you. If you are married to the host of One Bad Mother, we definitely are talking about you. Nothing we say constitutes professional parenting advice. Ms. and Teresa's children are brilliant, lovely, and exceedingly extraordinary. Nothing said on this podcast about them implies otherwise. Teresa. Yeah? I have a friend. Of course you do. I have a friend. What's going on with your friend? She has in-laws. Oh. Yeah. Teresa. Yes. In-laws. Mm-hmm. It's like when you get married, mm-hmm. not only are you gaining your partner, the love of your life, your best friend, you're gaining their family as well. That is very true. <laughs> that is a fact. Yeah. <laughs> I would like to okay, this is a real thing. Mm-hmm. All right. There's a real thing happening here. Like we're we're joking a little bit about like, oh, the in-laws, mm-hmm. but there really is a stereotype of in-laws out there. Mm-hmm. And I I want to know when you hear mm-hmm. in-laws, mm-hmm. stand-up comic Teresa, mm-hmm. what do you think? What comes to mind? Sort of like, yeah, what comes uh, to mind? I instantly picture like the meddling mother-in-law with yeah. a casserole showing up at your door when you didn't huh. invite her and like her husband, your father-in-law, who like doesn't <laughs> talk and just comes in and sits down and expects to be served. Yours is very, I love Raymond. Yours is yeah, I think very, so. I yeah. love Raymond. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Everybody loves Raymond. I'm like, yeah. at least she brought a casserole. Right. Um, but it's full of mushrooms. And don't you know the baby's allergic to mushrooms? Uh, okay, my uh, my image is of the like Hagar the Horrible oh, like comic yeah. strip. Yeah. Where, like, Mine are all comic-based. Mine are all, like, Sunday comics, Snuffy Smith. Like, when your wife's not hitting you with the rolling pin, Mm -hmm. her mother's hitting you. It is is always a little like, you didn't just marry your wife. You married two wives. Like, I don't know. For some reason, there's, like, a 50s, 60s sort of, uh, not Bugs Bunny, but Warner Brothers, the people who did the Bugs Bunny cartoons, they would always do these series of cartoons like Cars of the Future, mm-hmm. Homes of the Future. Mm-hmm. And like, inevitably, one of the cars or one of the homes would have, like, plus a seat for the mother-in-law. <laughs> That's like, you know, five, you know, it's like like five arm lengths right. attached and back and being drugged down the street, like, right. whatever. Um, father-in-laws, for all I know, are great because they were never referenced. Sure. Yeah. And this is another one of those things I feel like father-in-laws, dads. Yeah. They're kind of just off the hook because yeah, they're, they're just, just not in the, the picture. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. What have we learned from history and media, everybody? Dad's totally uninvolved. Yeah. All the way. All the way through. All the way through. Yep. Uh, they're just fun guys. Yeah. Fun guys working with their tools in their man caves. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. So there's a stereotype of, like, this horrible yeah. person. And it's usually... I will say, historically, I feel like it's usually the the wife's mother. That's the problem. Like, there's that, uh, like, car commercial yeah. recently where, the, like, yeah, the car's reading your text to you. And, uh-huh. like, the guy's pulling up to his house. And it's like, and also, my mother has stopped by for dinner. And he just 
decides to drive oh. away. <laughs> uh, still, still funny. Yeah. Um, so, but do you think differently? Like, this may be the thing where our yeah. age plays in just a little bit, even though there's not a big age difference between us. There well, is in terms of what we've seen on television yeah. a little bit. Yeah, no, I definitely think it's always the mother-in-law that's the problem. I, I'm Regard- with you, okay. right with you there. It's the, it's whoever's mother-in-law. So I think there's the idea that like the husband can complain about his wife's mom because right. she's just Ugh, like, the worst. Yeah, she's just awful. <laughs> and then it's the same. I think there's, there's, and I think this must go back through history. Like the, and th- the idea that like the wife and her obviously we're talking very limited about like heterosexual right. couples with heterosexual parents yes and married parents and also um, this is i think a pretty u.s centric sort of thing right now I, oh I, I, yeah maybe it I is i feel and i mean, we may be wrong but i yeah. do know that like i historically it used to be you get married and you are marrying for the family you right. are marrying oh, for totally. the family it is oh, all about that and implicit. then yeah. like somewhere around like the 40s or 50s it became about the independent unit of husband and wife right. separating yourself from True. the family yeah. uh, so that's where like a lot of this came from I think yeah. but I read an article guys but uh, but I wonder if culturally there's a I mean that's de- yeah families because, live together right and, totally and you're and that's more like assumed like obviously you're right. getting married you're in the family yeah and there's yeah multi generational households yeah and and I'm sure still tons of conflict but it's less like oh my god they're like they're invading my space it's like right. well we all share this home it's almost like you just have a bigger family yeah so we cannot speak to uh, we're not necessarily trying to speak to like a worldwide phenomenon of in laws and or you know, we really are speaking mainly of traditional stereotypes of heterosexual in-law dynamics, yeah. Yeah. relationships. Yeah, and I, the thing that comes to mind instantly, yeah. you brought this up before we came into the booth, was the Mama's Boy song and video that yeah. Shayna Firm <laughs> of the Pump and Dump has yes. recently released. Okay, because, okay, so I wanna, we're going to tie this in. So, like, so... Like we were saying, historically, it feels to me like it's the the wife yeah. and her mother that are the problem. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like recently, and we, we put this out to a lot of listeners, actually, to give us their thoughts on in-laws. Yeah. And a lot of people are actually having have issues with the fathers, with the, the husband's True. mother-in-law. But that, yeah. I don't think, is represented outside of shows like Raymond. You mm-hmm. know, everybody loves Raymond. I think that was maybe one of the sort of real first times where like the, the, know, husband's, the husband's mother-in-law was up. really I mm-hmm. don't know I don't know somebody correct me um, <laughs> or don't or don't but Shayna Firm of the Pump and Dub and we will definitely post this I think we've already posted already it posted once it. on Facebook we'll post it again we'll post it again but she has this song that she sings to her son yeah not to her daughter to her son mm-hmm. about how you're never going to love another woman <laughs> like you love me yeah. and then she goes on to say so please be gay yeah. because it's going to be way easier for me to deal with you and like and basically another son yeah. than to deal with like the competitiveness yeah. of you marrying another woman yeah. because you're never going to love her. Yeah. Like, you love me. Like, I am the first her. woman yeah. Yeah. in your life. And then she says, because I'm never going to like your wife. Yeah, I'm never going to like just, your like, wife. spells that shit out yeah. right there. <laughs> and it's just the funniest fucking thing in the world, like, especially if you have boys. Because, like, I think we all think about our mother-in-laws. Yes. Yeah. But we don't think about, oh, shit, one day my fucking kid is going to 
pick some woman and we're going to have to have a relationship and figure that shit out. Well, right, because you, because, okay, so I grew up in a house of like only women. It was like just me and my sister. Uh, you know what I mean? So there was no yeah. like, I mean, my parents love me. But I do wonder if, if culturally there is, it's like one thing for your daughter to marry a mm-hmm. man yeah. versus your son yeah. to marry another. Because, you know, yeah. there's that whole shit of like, yeah, you're just marrying another mother. Right. You know what that I mean? Whole, like, which that is whole, so gross it and is. weird. No one wants to marry their no. mother. Sorry, moms yeah. of boys. No. Don't. You don't want to marry your mother. Right. Okay? Right. You, your but husband is, wants to marry your mother. Right. But there, <laughs> is, but there is sort of this idea, and I think maybe this is where some of the, like, mother-in-law, daughter-in-law conflicts come from. There is still this idea that, like, the home yeah. is, like, the woman's realm. Right. right? So the woman sets up the home. The woman runs the home. It's the woman's decision, like, what we're going to have for dinner and how we're going to discipline right. our children. Like, all of the things about raising children and... You know, choosing food and choosing decor and like right. all that stuff, which, frankly, that's not the way my house runs <laughs> at all. But the the idea being, you know, the man goes from living in his mother's house right. where his mother runs the show to living in his wife's house where his wife runs the show. Right. And there- so, therefore, the inherent conflict between, like, the mother-in-law and the daughter Because the women are, t- are traditionally caretakers. So, right. are you going to take care of my son versus the role of man as provider right. versus caretaker. Right. He's the provider. There's much less, you know, the worry there is just, is my daughter going to have a place to live? Is You know, are right. your children going to be comfortable and have a place to live? Right. While the responsibility that falls on the wife or the, you know, that role is much more. And in this, I'll link, I'll link everybody up to this article because I actually want to have some of the people who contributed to this article that I read on the science of in-laws, which mm. was really interesting. Uh, one of the things they talked about in all their studies was how even women who were very active in uh, the sexual revolution and in the feminist movement of the 60s and 70s and 80s and had sons, once they their sons got married, mm-hmm. they their expectations of what the woman they married was totally changed. Like mm-hmm. Even though they were like really independent and working, they suddenly didn't want their new daughter-in-laws to be working. Weird. They, I know. Like there's, so there's really, I do think there's like a weird thing about, oh my God, gross. Is yeah. there like a weird thing about like, it's, now I have a son. I never thought yeah. twice about this with my daughter. Mm-hmm. But now that I have a son, am I going to grow up and be like super weird and creepy I don't about know. it? I don't really know. I mean. Yeah, I don't, it, it's it's like a, I, ugh. Are we stumbling onto something? I hate to generalize a whole group of moms with sons then having a harder time making that transition into being an in-law, like mm-hmm. into accepting. Because, I, you know, I've talked about this, uh, that we have some friends who have a really large family, uh, a lot of sons, mm-hmm. actually, like one daughter and like five sons. Mm-hmm. And they're a very close-knit family. And every time one of the sons gets married, they're having like the a lot of the sons and their wives are having a really hard time because the parents are so inclusive with their family mm-hmm. that they aren't including the new the, the new partners. people, the new partners. Yeah. There's like a weird jealousy thing happening of you're taking my son away yeah. as opposed to oh, you're good. joining the more our, the merrier. Yeah, the yeah. more the merrier. My and, son chose you. Yeah. You must be awesome. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. But I do want to say I wonder if 
some of the problems that do arise uh, with uh, extending families is sometimes about the roles that we play mm-hmm. as kids, mm-hmm. as the children. Because I feel like every, I think everybody's had this moment where they go home, like to visit their family, and they all say, "Man, I just became." I just reverted right back to who I was when I was a kid. Or my parents still treat me like a kid, even though I'm a 30-year-old man or I'm a 30-year-old woman. And I wonder, though, how much is, are you just letting that happen? You know, because I feel like we all have survival modes that we do with our families. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, up. Mom's going to be a yeller, so I always notice to stay happy the whole time. You know what I mean? Like, that's how I survived as a kid. Or, oh. You know, uh, dad doesn't like a lot of changes, so I only throw out a little bit of information with them. You know, and that dynamic works really well when you are the only person who's engaging with your parents. Right. And then you bring in the partner and children Mm -hmm. and all this stuff. And then I wonder if part of the problem is if, let's say it's me communicating with my parents. I'm the main communicator. Mm -hmm. My expectation isn't that my husband's going to communicate with my parents. Right. I'm the... I'm the buffer. I'm the one. I'm the zone. I'm the, uh, that's me. Right. But am I making things worse because I'm not speaking for my family as much as I am just speaking for myself, you know, because that's my habits? Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Or, or better yet, to spin it the other way, you know, do people find themselves having a better relationship with the in-laws because there is no history? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I sometimes wonder, do we, are we freer to be ourselves with, oh, our yeah, with our in-laws I than think we are with true. our parents. Yeah, I think that can be really true. Right? Yeah, and then, yeah, and I think, de- definitely. And I think there is a process of growing, like growing up and our relationships changing with our parents right. naturally. But also once once we have our own families, our relationships with our parents, parents who have who are now kind of like our extended families right those relationships mm. like need to adjust and change even more and I think it can be really jarring when that doesn't just happen naturally like when there I, I feel like you know in just in my own experience with my relationship with Jesse and with our our respective parents like there have been points where we've had to like because it causes a lot of conflict in the marriage. Right. Like when, yeah. you know, one person is feeling they need to act a certain way just by habit. Right. And the other person is, you know, adjusting to where did my partner go? My partner is right. acting totally weird. Yeah. yeah. And, and like, Hello? how do I, yeah. <laughs> and so then that causes conflict. And then like, we've, you know, we've had multiple times where we've had to sort of like step back from those situations and like figure out what was happening and then kind of like make a decision together about what makes sense going forward and really sort of adjust our expectations and our behavior actually adjust our behavior right and how we're and how we're approaching our extended families yeah because i think i think they're like it falls into two sort of categories of is this a behavior that we're going to ask you know, our, you know, the people outside of our family, our extended family mm-hmm. to make an adjustment on, or is it something that we've got to make, you know, is oh, it something true. we can tolerate right. in the moment? Right. Because I, t- I think that as you grow as your own immediate family with your husband or your partner and your kids, I think it's very easy just to assume you're adjusting, you're adjusting, you're making it work, that everybody around you will just naturally adjust. Yeah. Right? And so you don't let your parents or his parents or the step, you know, the in-law siblings, like, no. So when they behave, treat you like you were 
10 years ago or they mm-hmm. treat you like 12-year-old you or they even treat you like whatever you said last time was great mm-hmm. isn't great anymore. It can be like really weird. Yeah. And so we sometimes forget to tell them. And I can imagine as the parents being like, no, you you never liked doing that. Yeah. Why do you like doing that now? Yeah. What do you... <laughs> Yeah. What do you mean you don't want me to cut your sandwich for you? Yeah. 40-year-old man. You know what I mean? Like, so I think that plays into, that can set up, that can be a setup yeah. for But it stress. can also be, that can also be better in a lot of ways, yeah. I think, than having a big confrontation. Like, if you figure out what, like, if, if, if it's something where you know it's, like, not something you can change about the in-law's behavior or your parents right. behavior and you just work out a system that works for you and your partner right it, it can totally work because people do kind of just pick up on it and adjust right you know yeah yeah they can they can <laughs> sometimes <laughs> or sometimes we all get like super bent out of shape and hold totally. on to things oh, and be totally. like like this that's a great example of um stefan's parents don't use sugar in their coffee mm-hmm. i do Mm-hmm. Okay. This is not a make it or break it situation. Thank God. Right. But we go to their house. I've been visiting them for mm-hmm. years. Yeah. And for years, it's like a, I feel really awkward constantly having to ask for sugar. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like because it's like in a pantry far, right. far. It's not like it's like on it. It's always like a thing where I'm like, like I feel yeah. embarrassed and awkward. Yeah. And it, like I always feel weird about it. Yeah. And then that is such an easy thing, though. Mm-hmm. To become something much bigger. Oh, totally. That is such an, if I'm having like a week or I'm having like a bad, like whatever moment in my own life, mm-hmm. it's so easy to then be there and be like, your parents don't respect me. They never give me sugar. Don't they yeah. know that I like sugar? It's like yeah. such a like crazy thing yeah. as opposed to being like, I'm just going to go in there and just get the sugar. Yeah. You know, like, and I, <laughs> again, not a make it or break it and such a minor example of stuff. But, like, I do think that we can get really wrapped up and start reading things into things that are not there at all. Totally. Weird. Yeah, why do we do that? Why is it always us? God damn it. Uh, speaking, though, I would like to say I we did send this out to our listeners on Facebook. And yeah. all stereotypes aside uh, of things are always way worse than they are better. We actually got, I would say more than not, yeah. most of our listeners responded with, I, I love my in-laws. my in-laws. I know. I was so like inspired was, and I encouraged was too. by that. I did not expect that. Yeah. Everybody just is doing really great. Yeah. I mean, everybody was pretty honest. You know, like, oh, we had some adjustment periods and we do this and that. But overall, in-laws yeah. are killing it. Yeah. Extended families are knocking it out of the park. Yeah. Which is great. Which is, like like, like you said, it's really inspiring yeah. and it's really great. And for those of you who don't have great, perfect relationships with your in-laws, don't feel bad because there was a lot of <laughs> yeah. that, too. Let's be clear about that. There was plenty of that. A lot of people aren't leaving the sugar out on the countertop. <laughs> Oh, that is somehow just, by the way, let me just go ahead and predict my fail of sharing that very personal story. And somehow this is going to turn into something that ruins Christmas. I hope not. (laughs) I'm going to go home and Steph is going to be like, you had to mention the sugar. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the good news is Mm -hmm. we have a a guest coming on, uh, Dr. Ruth Nemzoff, who... Sadly, we're not going to present with all the joys of in-laws for no. all of our listeners who wrote how great their in-laws no. are. We're Fuck not. Fuck you guys. Sorry. 
<laughs> enjoy, yeah. enjoy your beautiful Just in-law enjoy relationship. Enjoy that. Why don't you all go on a walk together? <laughs> We're happy for you. We're really happy for you. Um, <laughs> For, the, for everybody else, we're going to be asking her some of these questions and hopefully getting some really stellar advice on making it work. Because I do feel like if things are going on with the in-laws, just like sort of with our kids or with anything else that's work, uh, personal relationships, anything else that's going on in our life, there's always a chance to change it. Totally. Sadly, once again, it falls to us. But... We can mom up and do it. We can totally do it. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a little break. We're going to talk a little bit more about the awesome gifts that are available to you for the Max Fun Pledge Drive when you donate and support One Bad Mother and Max Fun. We're going to have some genius and fails because, boy, oh, boy, do we have some doozies for you. Uh, and then we're going to get what we really came here for, which is help. <laughs> please, please help me with the sugar. You're never gonna love another woman like you love me So please be gay Cause there's no way that I'm ever gonna like your wife Teresa! It's the Max Fun Drive! Boop, 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 boop. <laughs> That's what it was, wasn't it? It's like, boop, 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 boop. Oh, I think that is what it was. That you know what, guys? Ball. I'll go back. And listen yeah. to all the shows. You're definitely going to do that. You're definitely <laughs> going to go back and look for this. <laughs> so, okay, so right now we want to talk about the gifts that you can get for donating to become a member of Maximum Fun or upgrading your membership. For example, we just gave you the gift of Biz potentially ruining her relationship with her in-laws because she talked about the sugar. Yep. So gift one. Gift one. And gift, that's just a freebie. That's a We're freebie. We're just throwing that out there. So, Teresa, mm-hmm. if if I upgrade my membership mm-hmm. or if I donate for the first time, yep. tell me what I get. What do I get? <laughs> I love stuff. Gimme, gimme, gimme. What can I what can I give my what can I get that my child will then take? <laughs> well, let's just start with everybody, and this is something your child probably can't take. Everybody Woo! across the board, whether you donate at five dollars per month, which is our entry level membership. Um, $5 per month and higher, everybody gets access to the exclusive bonus content. And that is a bonus episode of this show and bonus episodes from the last couple years of this show from the Pledge Drive. Oh, yeah. And bonus episodes of every show on the network, plus like a bunch of like pilots of stuff and outtakes of stuff and video content, a bunch of amazing stuff on the exclusive donors only bonus content yes. feed. Just so you know, so if. Getting the old bonus shows. Mm-hmm. This this year's bonus show for One by Mother, we answered a bunch of listener questions, which was yep. awesome. And last year, uh, we had on one of our favorite gra- guests, Janelle Hanschett from Renegade Mothers, and we talked about cars. Yeah. And then our fun. very first bonus episode yeah. was our pilot episode. Oh, yeah, that's so right. So if you want to hear how great this show has oh, become. God. <laughs> That, yeah, yeah, I'm kind of afraid of that. But, yeah, uh, thank but anyway, you for anyway, that. you can get all that for five bucks yeah. a month. So yeah. I highly encourage that. <laughs> so and then at ten dollars per month, we have this gorgeous drive exclusive tote bag. It's a word cloud in the shape of the Max Fun rocket, which it's just it's 
beautiful. I mean, it's, it's a nice tote. It's beautiful. And the words, you know, some of the words are like bigger and smaller. I don't know. You know, you guys know how word clouds work. <laughs> um, but the words are all like Max Fun related shows. So all the shows on the network are represented. I believe the phrase good job is included yeah. in the word cloud um, in honor of one bad mother. So that is a beautiful tote bag. Um, and it's, you know, it's it's your classic like works for everything tote yeah. bag. It's a canvas tote bag. You can use it for groceries. You can use it as like a purse. You can use it to haul your kids shit around. Yeah, it's great. Heather and there. Yeah. Yeah. So that's at $10 per month and up. $20 per month. We have the in-flight power pack. Ooh. Biz, let me ask you a question. Please. Would you describe yourself as a jet setter? Y- yes. Some, you have been I a was. Jet I was once right. very jet setting. How about a casual vacationer? Are you ever a casual vacationer? I'm a casual somethinger. <laughs> I, I, I like to go places and I like to imagine that I go places. We are going places a lot soon. So okay. I, I would like something to help me in my travels yeah. that doesn't take up a shit ton of room in the diaper bag that already carries. God and country in it. Yeah. So this is this is great. I think this one we conceived with parents and non-parents alike yeah. in mind. Um, it has a mobile device charger, which is super handy. I mean, if especially yes. if you're traveling with kids on a plane and you don't want to worry about, you know, your iPad running out of juice on the plane. Right. Uh, the collapsible water bottle is something I found out about through a mom friend because I saw it hanging from a carabiner off her ergo when we were on a hike. <laughs> and it's so amazing because when you use up the water, it's 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 like made, it's almost made of like I don't know what's made. It's like of. drinking it's like out plastic. of a ziplock bag, basically. So but it's a really like, nice one. But a really nice one, <laughs> and it just it's super lightweight. It yeah. folds up. It doesn't take up any space. You That's can carry nice. it through security. You can. I mean, it's. So awesome. That's nice. And even if you're not traveling, that's nice to have. Yeah. Um, because it's no extra weight on a walk. Right. Antibacterial wipes. We all have children. Come on. And even if you don't have children, you want some of those. Everybody wants that. Everybody's and you got know a, you can't yeah. carry the gel through security. Right. So you want the wipes. Wipe it down. And of course, a little set of pilot's wings, which is pretty adorable. And you could Aww. like pin that on your kid maybe. Or on yourself if you just want to like give yourself a little confidence boost. Yeah. That's right. That sounds great. I like confidence. <laughs> um, and then the last thing I want to talk about right now is at $35 per month oh, yeah. and higher, we oh, have yeah. a pair of rocket engla- engraved shot glasses. I think every year we give away some kind of bar, some sort of mommy's little helper, yeah. daddy's little helper. You know, I, I can remember when I was older, an older child, mm-hmm. and uh, had to take some medicine, some pretty strong medicine. Mm-hmm. I remember my dad bringing it to me in a shot glass oh, that's awesome. and handing it to me and saying, just because it's red doesn't mean it tastes like cherries. <laughs> <laughs> and he was right. Uh, so basically that's shot amazing. glasses, so even if you're not, uh, if you're not doing shots, like some of us are no longer doing. Mm-hmm. You may be doing them. Uh, you may be doing different types of shots, like totally. medicine for your kids. I mean, they're uh, also good for just mixing drinks. Yeah, like it's helpful to have a shot glass around. We actually do it for mouthwash. Oh, we you actually do? keep uh, a little shot glass in the bathroom for our mouthwash. That's awesome. I uh, know. Well, sure. these are really beautiful and they're gorgeous. They're really yeah. nice. Um, so you'd be happy to have them yeah. around, whether you keep like a fancy bar or you just want to have them in your kitchen. That's right. So those are great. There's also amazing things at the one hundred dollar per month level and the two hundred two hundred dollar per month level. Everything you need to know is at maximumfun.org and click on donate. <laughs> 
what it's time for this week's Genius and Fails. This is the part of the show where we share our genius moment of the week, as well as our failures, and feel better about ourselves by hearing yours. You can share some of your own by calling 206-350-9485. That's 206-350-9485. Genius fail time, Teresa. Genius me. Wow. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I saw what you did. Oh, my God. I'm paying attention. Wow. You, Mom, are a genius. Oh, my God. That's fucking genius. Well, we were on a hike yesterday with the family, um, and (laughs) Simon usually does pretty well, but he was not digging it. Yeah. And um, he was even doing that thing where he'll just stop and say, like, yeah, I'm not going to walk anymore I'm not gonna walk further which he's never done and I'm kind of like oh I guess he's figured out he can do that yeah um and it was kind of annoying he kept trying to convince us that Oscar should come out of the ergo and he (laughs) should ride in the ergo um and no yeah it was it was kind of rough going and we still had a long ways to get back to our house and so but I just came up with a genius idea I said hey let's see if we can see between here and our house, let's see if we can see a truck, a flower, oh, a bird, good. and a dog. Nice. And he was instantly yeah. excited. And we did that. We got through the whole first list. Then he was like, let's have a new list. So nice. come up with a new list. And so we came up with a new list. And he enjoyed the entire rest of the walk, made it all the way home without a problem. Good job. Thank you. That's good. Yep. I like the visual scavenger hunt. That's really good. Yeah. Uh, so Katie Bell is having some, she's really wanting to do a lot of things on her own, but she doesn't want to let us know that she's doing them. For example, she wants to do all of the post bath things on her own. Get out of the tub, dry yourself off, brush her hair, put the lotion on, brush her teeth. But she's not telling us. So we walk in and she loses, don't look at me! It becomes crazy. It becomes, like, hysterical. We worked through this, like, two weeks ago. Last night it happened again. And, again, I was really sick, and Stefan was, like, handling it. But, like, it got out of control really fast. And it was the kind of thing where she was screaming, and I couldn't tell if she was in trouble. Mm -hmm. And it was like, Stefan could understand what she needed him to do, and he's trying to tell her to calm down, but, like, that's just making it worse. Like, I wind up going in, and she's, like, stomping and jumping and, like, physically, like, throwing kind of a fit in the bathroom, wet. Oh, God. I can't have it. No. I can't have it. No. I go in, and I just physically grab this naked, wet child, (laughs) and I sit down, and she's just screaming and bucking, and I'm like, you're posing a danger to yourself. I'm not letting go until you've calmed down, Mm -hmm. right? And then I applied the stuff that we learned the other day of the teach... Teach your children, teach. teach. Uh, and so once she was calmed down, I was like, all right, you need to tell me. And, you know, a lot of it's crazy. I want to do all my stuff, but I don't want you to remember any of this. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I promise we won't remember any of this and we're going to let you do it. But you need to understand that your father and I have to make sure that your hair is all the stuff's out of your hair. Like there are two things that have to happen. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to let you do everything else, but you have to tell us beforehand. We cannot. Anyway, we, we just worked through it. Mm-hmm. And it was definitely something where we were able to de-escalate it. Yeah. And she was able to do the things that she wanted. 
in a way that didn't make me feel like I had just given her her way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we still did the things that we needed to do as her parents Good. to make sure that everything was okay. And I don't think any of us felt like shit. Good. Yeah. Good afterwards. job. So anyway, there you go. Hi, One Bad Mother. I have a genius moment to share. It isn't any particular moment, but I want you to know I'm killing the shit out of this week. I have two kids, a one-year-old and a three-year-old, and this week my husband has to work long hours, so I'm doing the morning routine and the evening routine, daycare pickup and drop-off, cooking dinner all myself, and I'm working a job, and I'm sure everybody thinks I'm doing kind of a mediocre job at all of this, but I think I'm killing it. I think I'm really doing it. Now, my my one-year-old is sick, so I had to go get him from daycare today and then come back to work and do my job. But you know what? I did it. I did it, damn it. I'm killing it. And I just want somebody to give a shit. I thought I'd call you all. Thanks. I like. I, I, I was, we do give a we shit. We totally give a shit. I just love that that's what the show has become. Like, yeah. So many of our calls are like... I had no one else to tell, yeah. so I'm calling you guys. Yeah. And that is, like, <laughs> and just the, the I love her self awareness about like probably everyone just thinks I'm doing kind of an okay job right. at all of these different <laughs> separate things, but like she's only one with the full picture. Yeah. She has the full picture, and that's why she knows she's totally amazing. I know it's so great. Like I just, you know, the genius calls are just so much a like integral part of the show, and, and I, I just love these calls. Yeah, good job, So guys. really, really good job. Speaking of intricate parts of this show, mm-hmm. really the cornerstones mm-hmm. of the show. This is where all the money goes, everybody. Failures. Fail, 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 fail! You suck. I've mentioned before <laughs> that at Simon's bedtime, um, I sit with him until he goes to sleep because otherwise he'll keep getting up and um, he will wake up his sleeping baby brother. Yeah. And one of the things that I've done in the past to make this work for me is I got a Kindle and I sit there and I read my Kindle and I have a drink. Yes. And my drink of choice <laughs> is... <laughs> A small amount of bourbon, everybody. Good job, sure. Okay? Whatever. And <laughs> yeah, and it's great. But so when we're about to walk into his room at night, when we're like, he's done with like his bedtime routine, we're about to go into the room, he usually comes with me to the kitchen while I'm making my drink. And he's aware that I'm making my drink and he's asked about it before. And yeah. I didn't see any problem with telling him what I was making. Right. You know? So. <laughs> This is like months ago, okay? That we had like talks right. about it. Now sure. this is just something we do. So, but then the other day, my mom was visiting. <laughs> <laughs> and we're just having dinner. Me, my mom, Simon, my three year old, and Oscar, my one year old. And we're just sitting there having dinner. <laughs> and out of nowhere, Simon says, Mommy, do you always like to keep a little glass of bourbon on your bedside table? <laughs> That's amazing. You know, it's like, it's cute. Like, I remember going to people's houses and they'd be like, look, my kid, my kid will make you a cappuccino. Oh, like, yeah. or whatever. And it's, like, yeah. it's really cute when your kid, like, offers you a cappuccino. Yeah. It's not as cute when they're like, are at, can, I, can I make you a bourbon? Yeah. Can my three-year-old pull you a shot of bourbon? Yeah. Yeah. The Was your hearing, mom impressed? Hearing the word yeah. bourbon come, come out, out of him. his mouth is just a little icky. Like, it's there's a, something a little bit yeah. icky about it. So, and in <laughs> hindsight, I really, because at the time I was like, do I need to say this is like mommy, mommy's juice? 
juice or mommy right. something. And I was like, that's stupid. I can just tell him what the fuck I'm drinking and that it's not for kids. Yeah. But now I kind of understand <laughs> what that was about. Yeah. Well, that's amazing. Uh, so mine, some of you may remember. Let's look, well, I like that we've been doing the show long enough for just mm-hmm. to be like, you know us so well now. Yeah. Look at something we did a long time ago <laughs> that was a clear setup yeah. for something horrible to happen <laughs> later. So a couple of months ago, Katie Bell had had an allergic reaction to something. Like she had mm-hmm. like, a, like a rash on her yeah. face. Like hives or Yeah, it was like a hive. Right? It, was like, it yeah. looked like a rash. And there was like a crazy, you know, the school mm-hmm. was calling. Everybody yep. was flipping out. The dog, I'm like, ah, she had had a piece of something called sourgrass. I can't remember the official plant name. It's like a weed with a yellow flower. And when you suck on it, it tastes sour. But then this rash broke out. We take her to the doctor and everybody's like, ah, that's weird. You know, it's got to be, I don't, you know, no one's ever, I don't know about a reaction to anything called sourgrass. It looks like poison oak. You, your child's come in contact with poison oak. And I was like, all right. Shouldn't that be everywhere right. besides just her face? Like, yeah. It's not anywhere Seems else. Yeah. But whatever, but okay. fine, fine. You're the doctor. Yeah, you're the doctor, and you're the school nurse, yep. and you're everybody else with an opinion. Right. It's poison oak. So <laughs> we do the Benadryl and cortisone cream, and it's fine. Okay. And, like, it goes away. Okay. So, like, months pass, and Katie Bell is asking about the sour grass again because it's everywhere mm. in California right now. And so I'm like, I, it's not, she's not allergic to sour yeah. grass. So go sure. ahead. Pull the one from my yard that I'm looking at that's nowhere near poison oak. Uh-huh. Go ahead and have it. She has one, right? And you're not eating it. You're just kind of chewing on it. Right. No big deal. The next morning, her eyes were almost swollen shut. Her oh. nose, her whole face totally swollen. Of course, it's Katie Bell, so she's like, hi, how's it going? Like right. She has no sense that anything's wrong. Yeah. But her face was horrible looking. Oh. It was way worse than the first reaction. Uh-huh. You know, she's breathing, her tongue's not swollen, like nothing else. I mean, this is the worst reaction. Yeah. So we get her to the doctor and they're like, this is so obviously an allergic reaction. Again, no one knew anything about reactions to this particular weed. <laughs> we had to give her steroids for a week, oh. which then of course led for our daughter to send roid rage when she was like really angry she was like starving all the time <laughs> Stephen and I were like you want to go lift some weights like, what do you want to do? Um, but it was just like a long horrible week that swelling didn't yeah. come down for like four days oh my God. we got to go see an allergist the whole point is yeah. I feel like a real dick for giving her that sourgrass because in the back of my mind I do know mm-hmm. that I always thought it was that sourgrass mm-hmm. I'm like who needs to eat sourgrass anyway so that sucks there's that yeah it's pretty bad Hi, I have a fail. Um, I had a business meeting on Skype last weekend, and I had to have my two-and-a-half-month-old with me at the time. So I just kind of had him below the camera, and it wasn't too big of a deal. And maybe they even knew he was there. It was okay. And um, I got through 45 minutes of the meeting, and then he started getting really fussy, and nursing wasn't helping, and nothing was helping. And I realized he was super wet. So while I was still having this meeting, I took off his diaper, and I figured I'll just, you know, change it as soon as it's over, but maybe this will help him stop fussing. And so I put him down on my lap without a diaper on, and about, like, 20 seconds later, he took this giant poop that was two days' worth of, you know, wet, runny, yellow baby poop, which immediately soaked through my jeans and dripped onto the floor, and it was all over him. But there was, like, seven minutes left in the meeting. There wouldn't have been enough time to even begin to deal with it and come back. And so I couldn't do anything. And so I just sat there for seven minutes while poop seeped 
through my jeans and on my legs and all over the floor and all over my baby. And he was happy. And the crazy thing was I didn't even really mind that much. Okay, thanks. Uh, Amazing. Motherhood. I didn't even really mind that much. I know. Actually, she's probably just happy that he stopped fussing. He probably just needed to poop, and now he feels better. It is. I just love it. As soon as she says, as soon as that call, as soon as I heard that call, she says, I'm on a Skype call, yeah. and he's below the camera. Yeah, just my mind. Just know. She just know. Yeah. You yeah. know, anything can happen. Something's coming, <laughs> and it's not going to be good. And I just it's like seven minutes left. Yeah. What are you going to do? Yeah. What are you going to do? What's like? How much worse is the situation really going to be seven minutes from now? Yeah. <laughs> you know. I uh, hope he's not a runner. Woo! Oh, that is the worst. Yeah. Uh, well, you. Or kind of doing it. Yeah, you're doing it. Yeah. I don't even, I don't even want to say you suck because yeah, it's more you like. You don't deserve you suck. Yeah, no. But, but you, that's still a fail. You definitely I think. You definitely deserve to sit in your baby shit for a little while. <laughs> but it's not quite. I don't, I don't want to say you suck. So, oh well. Yeah, oh well. We'll end that's with nice. oh well. Oh well. <laughs> you are the greatest mom I've ever known. Teresa, yes. On this very special episode of One Bad Mother, let's talk about in laws. Let's call a mom who can really, really help us. Thank God. (laughs) (laughs) This week, we are calling Dr. Ruth Nemzoff, who is a parenting expert and resident scholar at Brandeis University Women's Studies Research Center. She lectures on emerging adulthood, parenting adult children, empty nest, intermarriage, grandparenting, and family dynamics, and intergenerational families. So she is clearly somebody who is going to help us. Welcome, Dr. Nemzoff. Hello. Good to be here. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, We want to get started with the first question we ask all of our guests, and that is, who lives in your house? Well, it depends what time of year. (laughs) Most of the year, I live with my husband of 51 years. (laughs) uh, But in the summer, I live with all my four children, my in-law children, and eight grandchildren. That is a wow. full house. That's awesome. Of, that sounds like a lot of family dynamic happening. <laughs> oh, there's a lot. There's a lot. They're all wonderful people. <laughs> Just that alone, despite any education uh, that you might have received, right. yeah. that sounds like enough of a start to give us good advice yeah, and I help so. and insight. Just to have and that don't many forget be- the, uh, the kids-in-laws who visit on the weekend sometimes. Oh my wow. gosh! You are you are going to be a treasure trove. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, so we're going to get started. I want to I want to say just to start off, we had spent the first half of the show, Teresa and I, sort of generally talking about the stereotypes of in laws and you know some of the things that we personally may bring to the table, uh, and things that we might as the children, be able to sort of tackle and do differently. But I realized we didn't mention that this is, isn't is just something that affects uh, people in relationships with kids. This is something that affects really even people who are just dating, uh, people who don't plan on having kids but are married, as well as people with, with 
kids. Uh, and, and, you know, you got people who get separated, yet in-laws and extended family are still involved. Um, this really is a topic that I think everybody can relate to on some level. And we did get a lot of listeners who said that they have hit the lottery and they have really amazing relationships with their in-laws. Uh, but that's not the questions we're going to bring you. They, <laughs> we, but, you know, I am so glad you said that because in-laws get a terrible I know. They do. And the fact is, lots of people have great in-laws. So I am so pleased to hear you say that. Well, we, we actually want to start off with, with sort of a very simple question, which is, you know, we all want success. We all want to have these great relationships. So are there just some, like, really general sort of steps for success? Let's pretend the show is going to explode in five minutes and we only had this time to hear some good good general advice. Uh, what, what, were, what are just some basic things we all could be doing in a best-case scenario? Let go of expectations. You know, you marry into a family, you are marrying into a different culture. So whatever you expect, let go, let it happen, stop judging, uh, try to frame things in a positive light, uh, try to just ex- be generous when someone apologizes, expect mistakes, you're always going to make mistakes, the other person will make mistakes. Um, so just when someone apologizes by saying, I'm sorry, that's terrific. If they apologize by sending you flowers, great. Or maybe they apologize by just ignoring and going on. But all of them apologize. I like that. That yeah. is a version of apology. That is. I, yeah, but you know, and but the point there is yeah. that's where the letting it go letting it is go. the yeah. most important piece of advice. Yeah. I mean, that and setting up good expectations you're right. Oh, that's so and much And the work. expectation <laughs> is that I don't really know this person. Most of us don't know our in-laws. Many of us, us don't even meet our in-laws until after we're somehow in a relationship, uh, maybe even married. So how could we expect to have a, a fantastic close relationship with these people who we barely know? So that's one thing. The other thing I want to say is put a statute of limitations on flights. I can tell you I meet people who 35 years later can tell you the terrible things somebody Mm -hmm. said at their wedding. I mean, you know, give it up. Yeah. Wow. That's, That's again, really hard. Yeah, it's hard. I I think the easiest thing is like, forgetting because yeah. I think every time we like retell a story yeah. to like get a reaction from a friend or something we're kind of like ingraining that memory and like making it real again oh you know totally but yes, yeah yes. forgetting it just oh, oh well like who cares you're better off without that memory anyway <laughs> okay I, I, another little quip I'd like to say is fake it until you make it <laughs> Hmm. That's good too. Yeah, that's okay. I, I, no. I think that's that would actually I think is really important. That's interesting because yeah. you know a lot of times I think you can find yourself in situations where you're like, you know what? What's the, if the worst I have to do is just shut my mouth and smile and and be nice? That that's not the really the worst thing. And mm-hmm. maybe and like you say, maybe that will make it for me one day. But- and you know what? It's great experience for life. We yeah. have to do it at work. We have to do it at PTA meetings. We have to do it in just about every aspect of our life. So why not at home? That's true. That's true. Well, let's pretend that 
none of us are able to follow any of that good <laughs> advice. And we already are starting off from a disastrous low point. Um, and uh, we've watched too many television shows. We have too many preconceived ideas of how horrible this is all going to be and, you know, all, all the things that go into it. And, and let's get into some of the situations that I think uh, people who don't have the, the really great experiences or even the people who have good experiences maybe went through before they, they got to a good right. place. Let's talk about some of those. And I think the one that sort of comes to mind right away is the traditionally it can be the wife and the mother-in-law. And let's say that the problem is just that they're just totally two different people. They just cannot find a meeting ground. You know, it could be cultural. It could just be straight up personalities. One's super aggressive. One maybe doesn't like confrontation. Um, how do these sort of situations, how do, you, how do you get past that? Well, I think the first thing is it's the job of the spouse to be the cultural translator. Oh, mm. now this, this is going to lead me to a question once you get through because I, yeah. that's interesting. Go ahead. So I want that person to be the cultural translator, to really explain, you know, my mom means well, this is what she does, doesn't mean that she's a terrible person. Or my my dad yells and screams, but then he cools down and he forgets it. Or, you know, in my culture, it's expected that we would pay for such and such, you know, pay for... Uh, transportation of the parents to visit us, whatever it is. So cultural translator, really important. Um, and then I think that each one of us needs to be forgiving. And that's all I can say is just um, try to remember we're not perfect either. Really hard to remember. I always say that my husband is the only person in the world who married the most perfect person. <laughs> so um, that's another one. Uh, and remind, uh, sometimes the spouse has to put limits on one side or the other. Maybe the spouse has to come up with some solutions to this. Well, that's what I think that was going to, it was going to, that leads me to the question. So in yeah. the examples that you're giving, the, the partner, the spouse, yeah. Uh, is the one who's acting as the communicator and is definitely communicating to the to the in this scenario we're going to say the wife to keep all right. the different uh, roles separate. But um, right. this is my this is what's going on with my parents. I need you to be more understanding of my parents. But I do think we talked a little bit in the show about how it's very easy for people to get stuck in the roles that they played as children and for their parents uh, to yes. get stuck in the role that they played as parents. So yes. when it becomes what about communicating the wife or the partner to the parents? That, Absolutely. I think, That's just as much part of the communication job as communicating the parents, such as saying to the parents, look, I know you want us to come to Sunday dinner every single Sunday, but, you know, we do have obligations to other family members, to friends, to work colleagues. And while that was great when we were young, and we certainly want to come sometimes, we can't come all the time. Uh, so translating to both gen both the older generation and the, the partner is part of the job. I think also we really need to um, make sure that uh, we are always polite. That's the one thing we can control is our own behavior. 
not everyone in the world is kind and generous and wonderful and maybe after all the explanations it doesn't work. Well, then the, what you can do personally is say, okay, I have at least tried my best. I have been polite. I have been kind. I have reached out. And then at least you know you have behaved well. And ultimately, at least you could do that. Well, I think sometimes when we talk about in-laws, one of the things we focus so much on the extended family, and we don't always talk about sort of how that can play out and affect the relationship between the partners. And, you know, I, I wonder if you have advice on how the two partners can maintain you know, especially in the early years of, of the relationship, and especially once kids come along. Right. You know, we've got, you know, one sort of carrying the weight of being the communicator, and maybe they don't communicate well with their parents already. You know, uh, you've got the communication possibly breaking down between the partners. How do, how do we help each other as partners uh, through this well, sort of thing? Well, one thing I think is important is not to criticize the other person's family. Right. You can criticize your own family. But don't start saying, your mother is a blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Right. <laughs> Let's talk about what your needs are. You know, I need to know that when I go to your parents' house, uh, I will not be criticized. Oh, that's interesting. That, yeah, you know, framing it in a, in a clearer way. Yeah. Right. Let's talk about what your needs are. I need to have three Sundays a month that we are by ourselves climbing about, looking at the sunset. Right. Okay, fixing the screen door. I kept waiting for you to say, I'm going to need three Sundays where I'm totally away from all of you. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe you want one week in a month and you want the in-laws to babysit. That's right. Um, there's, There's another way, by the way, if you do happen to have children, is to really think about, is it better if we only meet as two generations rather than three? Mm, that's interesting. And, and, and just find that it works better. But also understand, when you delegate the task of, say, babysitting, you can give some framework, but you can't rule from across the city. Right. So, for example, let's say your house says no screen time. Ever, right? <laughs> but the grandparents say, look, if I'm babysitting at 4 o'clock, I'm tired. I need to know that for 20 minutes, your kid is engaged. Right. I've got to do screen time. Maybe that's the price of the free babysitting. Right. Now, now, that's a fair point. But that leads to the next question, I think, which is for, for people who do have kids, um, what if I think that there are a number of situations where, say, the in-laws can wind up, there can be differences in parenting styles. Uh, I know some people sometimes feel like the in-laws are trying to actually parent the grandkids, like trying to override them. Uh, But then you also have some people who are uncomfortable disciplining their grandchildren. And I totally agree with the, you know, clearly some rules are off the table. Things are going to be different. Things are going to be different. But if it's something that is causing a problem like, oh, you know, the grandmama and grandpapa are always contradicting mama, so I can contradict mama. Or if Well, maybe that's sitting down and saying, look, in front of each other, let's have a united front. Right. Offline, when the kids aren't around, let's talk about it. 
That's one way of dealing with it. Another way of dealing with it is, you know, kid, by the age of three, kids get it that Joey's birthday party is for Joey and my <laughs> birthday party is for me. <laughs> and they also get in Grandma's house we have one set of rooms right. and in my house we have another set of rooms. And they better get this because they're going to have many teachers with many different sets of rooms. Mm. So if That's you actually reframe good for it, them it, too, isn't it? it to have different yeah. expectations in different settings? Sure, sure. And, um, you know, we reframe it into a positive learning experience. Um, and to tell you the truth, we all know many people who've been brought up in different ways, and they some have turned out great, some not. You know, right. if we all knew the recipe, we'd all be fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> the one place where I would draw the line is on safety. Right. So if the grandparents are not putting the kids and the child in the car seats, first of all, that's illegal, I believe, all over the country now. Yeah. Yeah. But secondly, it, it's just you cannot do that. That's not acceptable. So what if, let's get into another sort of category of situations I think people find themselves in. And that's when the, you know, in-laws are having personal issues that sort of affect the family as a large. And that could either be they're divorced and they can't stand being in the same room, which makes every holiday a total chore. Or maybe somebody's going through a real illness. I mean, maybe it's not always like my they're jerks and they hate each other. Maybe somebody's really sick or stressed out, or maybe somebody has a substance abuse problem. How do how do we handle situations like that? Okay, well, first of all, in terms of the divorce, at some point you have to just say to your parents, you know what, I need you to act like grown-ups. Right. If you want to come to my hallways, these, this is what, you work it out yourself. Don't put me in the middle. And just be very clear on that. Right. Because it is the parent's problem. It is not the child's problem. So by child, I'm talking about the adult child who is now a parent or or maybe not a parent, but is an adult. Okay. Um, So that's that's one that at some point you just can't negotiate anymore. You just have to say, this is something you've got to just deal with yourself. Number two, uh, if there's a substance abuse problem, if... It is in terms of taking care of the grandchildren. Uh, you cannot allow that. If someone is either drunk or high, um, that's not acceptable. They cannot, uh, and you can ask them not to be uh, high when they come to your house because that is not the kind of role model you want to give to your children. Right. Um, and that's the kind of tough love that they would, that any uh, parent is told with a teenager on drugs or drinking, right? Right. So, so in a certain sense, we're just flipping that the other way. And then you, the third situation you gave me, you said if they hate each other, uh, if they uh, have abuse, and then there was a third An situation. An illness. Like, let's say, illness. you know, illnesses yes. is very stressful. Right. And I think we have to, you know, sometimes we have to rally. And sometimes we have to tell the other extended family members, you know what? This year, we can't come to your house. This year, we really need to help these people. You know, we have to help the person with sickness. Right. Because it's a crisis. And you know what? In the crisis, families rally. We are each other's safety net. Oh, it's so much work maintaining <laughs> relationships. Ah! Why is everything so 
take some. You know, <laughs> that's, that's, you know, you just hit the nail on the head. We want to fantasize. I know. That relationships are easy, right? We walk off yes. into the sunset. I do. Right? I do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but, but why would anything wonderful in life not take work? <laughs> that will be emblazoned on my tombstone. Um, so th- there's one last sort of thing I wanted to, to touch on. And when we think in-laws, a lot of times we only think of the mother-in-law or the father-in-law. But lots of times there are in-laws and sisters-in-laws and sometimes eight brothers-in-laws. And so, you know, like there are all these family members who fall into this category, but they sadly don't get, you know, second bill on the TV shows on, you know, must-see Thursday night, and they're not in the Hagar the Horrible comic strips. So uh, a lot of people actually have really good relationships with their mother and father-in-laws, but then they're getting isolated or, uh, you know, sort of alienated by the in-law, by their brother-in-law, their sister-in-law, or those people's wives and but yeah, yeah they're they're partners so how do we deal with with that family dynamic well first there the major problem here is we don't really know who family is so uh, you know who are these people we're not related by blood but uh, you know who are these people and in different cultures what's considered family is different so in America, we focus a lot on the nuclear family, maybe the extended family, but the aunts and uncles and cousins, some big Italian families think that's the family. Right. So that's the question, first of all, is who is family? But once we've decided that, and it'll <laughs> take years to decide that because it's different <laughs> in each family, um, then the question becomes, what happens when you really just don't like the other in-laws? <laughs> And it could be because they're obnoxious people, or it could be because they have a different lifestyle. You know, your beer and potato chips, they're, you know, down nabby upstairs. Right. right. Uh, and you both feel very uncomfortable in each other's settings. Uh, so one way is to find neutral ground, you know, to try to minimize the ways that you interact uh, where your differences are going to be maximized. It is challenging. And in a family, you know, my mother used to say you can pick your friends but not mm-hmm. your relatives. Yeah. But you do learn a lot from these relatives you did pick. And one thing you might learn is that in times of crisis, they might be the one to help you out because different people have different skills. You know, I think that's really important. I think it, it is funny how we're able to extend our patience and put up with so many things in work and in social settings. But the moment somebody slaps the label family on it, we really have a hard time. And I don't know if we just have this assumption that it is supposed to be all glorious and that's why it's so much harder to deal with. Or if there's really a personal name, I know that like, I'm sure that everybody walks into these situations wanting the best and I'm going to put my best foot forward and I'm nice. You married me. You think I'm nice and I think you're nice. And and then you get into these situations and people don't like you. No one doesn't like to be liked. Or or worse, you you don't like somebody. Again, no one likes discovering they don't like somebody. But, you know, especially when the expectation is we're going to be family and we're going to be friends. And, you know, I, I think you're right. Taking that pressure off of um, the family right. label... And- yeah. I, I also think it's just so ambiguous. 
you enter a relationship, the parents are wondering, what's my role here? It's changed very much from the time they married. It may have changed because they're from a different culture. It may have changed because gender roles have have, have changed. And so uh, it's no longer the expectation that, that the woman will take care of these uh, kinship relationships. Uh, it may be that, that uh, just personality changes things. So first of all, that's ambiguous. And then for the young couple, they think they married a person and then they discover they married a family. That's pretty shocking. (laughs) And so, you know, we're all new to this game. Let's be a little forgiving. You know, it takes a while to learn how to play tennis. (laughs) You gotta practice. And I think that that is so important with families, that it just takes a long time. Well, Dr. Nemzov, this has been actually really insightful and very helpful. And actually, I feel a little relaxed. I do, too. About the whole thing. I don't feel panicked. No. Which is nice. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's nice that hopefully you don't have to be perfect. Right. Right. Ugh. Because God knows we're not. But, you know, um, can I be unabashedly self-promoting and talk about my book, Don't Roll Your Eyes, Making In-Laws Into Family? Yes, I was just about to bring that up and, and tell people we were going to link people up to it. But please tell us some about it. Well, it, it really, first of all, explains why these relationships are so hard. But the best part is it has questions at the end of each chapter, mm-hmm. which you can discuss with your spouse or with other friends, you know, because we're all limited in our imagination for solutions. But, you know, everyone else has probably been through a similar event, or many have, and they can give you some insight. And um, then it has, uh, you know, this is a great book to give in-laws and say, you know, we have a good relationship. (laughs) I'd like to make it better. Uh, some people, oh, that's a nice spin. That is a nice spin. <laughs> yes. And I do want you to know I have a chapter on what I call the in-laws. You know, all those people who come to uh, holidays year after year, but not sanctioned by church or state. Right. Uh, so I, I do talk about those relationships, too. So. I hope people will find it useful. I know many people have. Well, it is what led me to you, and we will link oh, everybody. Thank you. Oh, yes, no, thank you. We will link everybody up to that. Um, Great. It sounds sounds like we've got a wonderful new gift for for the holidays <laughs> uh, to send out, um, and it's cheap. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, but yes, but the advice isn't. The advice is priceless. Um, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so thank you again for joining us, and we're going to make sure that everybody uh, can uh, link up to Don't Roll Your Eyes, uh, Making In-Laws Into Family. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us today. Yeah, thank it's you. It's my pleasure. Thank okay. you so very much. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. send a message, pick up the super mellow i do too i i feel like that just like washed over me and i'm gonna let it kind of marinate yeah and kind of it's good it's good really good it was really good stuff again a lot of it is expectations Mm -hmm. and you know you know i one of the nicest things was the don't express your needs not your criticisms 
Mm-hmm. And I thought that was like really key that because works, I think once yeah. you start expressing your criticisms, that's when it starts affecting your relationship totally. with your partner oh, totally. versus fixing the relationship with yeah. the extended family. Yeah. Well, it's not proactive. It doesn't go forward. It just right. is like a complaint. I mean, it may make you feel better for sure. five minutes. But you could do that with like a, a girlfriend. Friend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you could come into this little room yeah. and do it with us. Yeah. You call the number. Do it yeah. with us. Oh, yeah. That's right. Maybe we should have just yeah. a special number just for that. One takeaway I got from it was just quickly that, yeah. um, you know, on the show, we talk so much yeah. about not being the perfect parent and nobody needs to be the perfect parent. Nobody can be the perfect right. parent. And like to forgive ourselves and yeah, and to throw out those expectations so much of the time. And I think it's just kind of amazing that actually that same concept really can apply with our in-laws as well. Like, yeah, we don't just because something isn't working perfectly. That's that we that's the new normal. Like that shouldn't be. That doesn't mean that there's something inherently wrong with that person or we're doing a bad job as like a daughter-in-law or whatever. Why is the assuming? Don't assume that what's coming out of their mouth is bad. You're right. It applies exactly to that. Don't judge. Don't judge. Be forgiving of yourself and them. And it's a work in progress. Let it go. (laughs) Let it go. It's like the fucking theme song, Disney. For the whole, for everything. Yeah, it is. (sighs) Well... Speaking of letting it go, mm-hmm. we are going to have a rant. Oh, good. But, but before what? we have a rant, yes, I think we should talk one more time about the pledge drive and really make it personal. I think so, too. Because I think, like, this show is a good example of what One Bad Mother is sort of doing. I think so, too. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like... I, I, I have found in the last, like, three years, we enter our year three, which mm-hmm. still blows my mind, yep. that, like, so many of the things that we, like, mur, 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 motherhood, you know, oh, I guess I have to learn to yeah. be nicer yeah. and assume less and judge mm-hmm. less and laugh more. All those things not only apply to being a parent, mm-hmm. but apply to almost every other relationship we have and situation we find ourselves in, totally. work. Personal relationships, volunteer relations, I mean, whatever it is, these are the same issues. Yep. The only difference is not all those issues have someone screaming at you the entire time, unless you have a really weird brother-in-law. Um, but, you know, I, it has been such a pleasure to spend uh, these last couple of years a, getting to know Teresa and really getting to know you guys and yeah. kind of going through this process together. Totally. And uh, we really appreciate your support and yeah. allowing us to do that. And it, it, if it wasn't for Max Fun, we would not be allowed to do this. We've got lovely Max Fun people helping us record the show. Mm-hmm. You know, it provides us a place to come. To, it provides us a place to get away from our families for <laughs> an hour and a half a week. Um, so we really appreciate your support. Yeah, we really do. And, you know, we we appreciate your support in a variety of different ways. Like like Biz said, just getting to know you guys has been amazing. Your yeah. calls are amazing. Yeah. Um, your messages on Facebook, your emails have been really great. Your, yeah. your tweets about the show have been awesome. You're sharing the show with you know parent friends and non-parent friends has been really great for the growth of the show the show has like tripled in audience since we started and that's been amazing 
Um, so you guys are part of this. And, you know, we can see that even more with we just started a Facebook group um, mm-hmm. a couple weeks ago and it has really exploded. Um, and it's so much fun to be on there and see you guys talking to each other and making friends and supporting each other and sharing your geniuses and your fails and your rants. And, <laughs> yeah. And you guys are so much a part of what we do. And we do give away the show for free and we are proud to give away the show for free and if you can't afford if you do not have money to support the show in money we totally get that yeah. like no feeling guilt about any of that no. what we want to say is that if you are in a position to give and support what we do in a financial way we so invite you to do that <laughs> and appreciate your doing that and you can do it as low as five dollars a month and you and just if go you to, have a lot to give yeah if give. you have a lot of, if you got a lot of extra to give yeah. then you could donate as high as $200 a month. We ha- Yeah, we have levels all the way up to $200 a month. We'll love you just as much. And you get <laughs> you get a lot you of stuff. You get a lot of crazy if stuff you, for If that. you donate at that level. <laughs> um, and, and we would love that. Um, but also, you know, when you, when you donate... You know, then you listen every week, and you and you know you're making this happen. Yeah, like you're, you're making part this of happen. making this happen, and you can feel awesome every time you listen. Um, and we're so proud to be supported by you. Yeah. Um. So thank you, and if you're already a donor, thank you so much. Oh, um, thank you. And you know, to to upgrade your donation, if you want to, if you want to stay the same, that's great. If you want to increase your donation and get a bunch of gifts, you can do that. You all go to the same place. You go to maximumfund.org and you click on donate. And um, thank you. Yeah, we really appreciate it. So we love our listeners. Yes, we do. But you know what we also love? What? Hearing moms have breakdowns. Oh, yeah, we do. Let's do it. I'm calling with a very minor rant. (laughs) Uh, My husband wakes up in the middle of the night every single night. We have two bathrooms. One is in our room, far away from the baby. (laughs) And one is right next to the baby. Inevitably, he always trudged across the house, <laughs> uses the bathroom that's immediately next to the baby, pees forever, <laughs> makes the most noise possible, opening doors, closing doors, <laughs> ugh, putting down the seat, slamming the door when he's done, and inevitably, it wakes or rouses the baby, it wakes me up, it wakes the whole house up, all because he has to pee, and then after he's done peeing, he can just go back to bed <laughs> and sleep. And everybody else is awake. And it doesn't matter how many times I ask him to use our bathroom or ask him <laughs> why he feels some weird compulsion to trudge through a dark house in the middle of the night that can make a huge amount of noise and pee forever. It doesn't matter. He's going to do it forever. And I just need to accept that. Anyway, I hope you guys are doing great. And thanks for the wonderful show. It is awesome. And it's really making every day bearable. Okay. This is amazing. This is amazing. I knew I was going to play this and that Teresa was going to have this look on her face like, what the fuck? Yeah. Right? Because sometimes I play the rants and I'm like, I'm there. And Teresa will be like, I don't understand what's going on in this yeah. rant. But even I have a bit oh, of yeah. a look. Like, that, this I'm is here so with her. I get amazing. It. Yeah. 
Because it's like, A, I might have to blame the in-laws on this. This sounds like <laughs> some sort of weird thing, like leftover from childhood. Well, is he trying to pee, like, away from her? Yeah, I like, don't Does know. he not want to bother her, maybe? My guess is that this is nothing that we can add anything no, to. No, I guess like, I'm sure this woman has gone through fucking all of it. He and needs I- to be. It's it's just like with your toddler. Because <laughs> that's what Simon does <laughs> yes. for Oscar. He wakes up Simon. Oh, he wakes no. up Oscar in the middle of the night doing the same thing. You know what I do? I don't let Simon have anything to drink yes. after 5 p.m. <laughs> this is exactly what I was just thinking. <laughs> was you need to cut your husband off from all liquids. Don't let him drink standing in the shower. Don't let him drink the shower water. Just like, he's just not allowed to have liquids after 4 p.m. Yeah. Period. Amazing. Wow. Oh, well, yes, you are doing amazing. Yeah. Now, Teresa, what have we learned? We have learned, one, that we love our listeners. A lot. A lot. Two, we have learned that maybe we shouldn't let the stereotypes of in-laws guide our expectations of in-laws, just like we learned that the stereotypes of moms and dads and kids should not lead our assumptions about parenting uh, and our assumptions about non-parents shouldn't lead our assumptions about not you know what I mean like how many times have we sat on the show and talked about like media and social media and if another Atlantic article comes out about anything I might just lose my mind (laughs) Uh, the New York Times always has something to say uh, that makes me feel horrible about everything Um, so like the top 20 things your in-laws are doing wrong the top 10 things that are killing your children the top 10 reasons you're a jerk if you don't have kids the top 10 reasons you're a jerk if you do have kids by the way apparently nothing makes us happy anymore no so we're done with that way to go everybody Um, So I think what we're trying to learn uh, as this show develops and we take away so many new little learning facts, knowledge Mm -hmm. bombs, is that those things might be wrong Mm -hmm. and we are to set up our own expectations. And those expectations should always be one filled with graciousness and hope. Oh, yeah. You like that? I like the... I like those new words, Biz. I'm channeling my Teresa right now. You like that? Yeah. Uh, And to be forgiving. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's so difficult. It's really hard. Maybe just like baby steps to forgiving for now. Can we do that? With step one being don't talk shit about your in-laws to your spouses and your partners. Let's at least do that. That's a good one. one That's why you have your own mother (laughs) to call and do that with. No, no, no. To not let the little things turn into big things mm-hmm. and to support each other through yep. this. So those are the big the big takeaways. So everybody, you are doing a great job. Yep. Um, in-laws, you're all doing a good job. Uh, probably. Probably. <laughs> Where's my fucking sugar? Um, Teresa? Yeah. You are doing a great job. Thank you. So are you, Biz. Thank you, especially on these really tough weeks. Yeah. It's nice to hear. Yeah. Everybody, you're killing it, and we will talk to you next week. Go Max Fun Drive. Woo! Bye. Bye Bye-bye. I got to low down mama blues. I got to low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. Low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. blues. Oh, that's right.
We'd like to thank Max Bunn, Lindsay Pavlos, our engineer, our husbands, Stefan Lawrence and Jesse Thorne, our perfect children who provide us with inspiration to say all these horrible things, and of course, you, our listeners. To find out more about the songs you heard on today's podcast and more about the show, please go to MaximumFun.org. One Bad Mother is a member of the Maximum Fun family of podcasts. To support the show, visit MaximumFun.org and click on Donate. Do you have a genius or fail moment you'd like to share on the show? Then leave us a message at 206 350-9485. Full-on rage-induced rants are also welcome. Well, Daddy, maybe Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist-owned. Listener-supported.